0: Good morning welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Tuesday the 10th of November. My name Nick here in Melbourne starting with trade most notably with our biggest trading partner China. There's been a lot of coverage in the press lately about sort of you know relations breaking down and trade not happening or giving you that sort of impression. The reality is that we're on track for potentially the biggest year ever for trade with China. We're already at the second highest annual level of trade and we're only 10 months into the year. We're off a little bit on the 2019 record year of exports. We're currently at $131 billion worth of exports to China in the 10 months to the end of October. In US dollar terms, that's a little bit lower than where it was last year, so down 6.1%, but definitely very strong. In addition to this, we've got news that some of the big mining companies are sort of increasing their ties with China. Firstly, Fortescue Metals, they've always been very, Andrew Forrest has been very positive on strengthening ties with China. His company Fortescue Metals Group is owned, has a large number of shareholders that are the Chinese steel companies, etc. So he does have some sort of interest there. But they've come out in the Australian mentioning that they've signed $5.5 billion worth of MOUs. Obviously MOUs don't really mean that much but if they were to turn into actual formal sales contracts that would be worth 5.5 billion dollars deals with some of the biggest iron and steel companies in China and also strategic cooperation among with the Bank of China. In addition to this BHP which is based just up the road here in Melbourne they have signed an agreement with China's biggest steel maker Baowu To spend 35 million us dollars over the next five years on research to cut carbon emissions in steel manufacturing so interesting times there there's probably some issues as well maybe these sort of trade fears will do australian industry or export industry good in the long term by getting them to explore other markets diversify we don't want to end up like china is with our Iron ore exports, they're completely dependent on Australia. None of the other countries such as Brazil are competitive in the same way we are. We don't want to have more of our businesses dependent on China. So maybe strengthening isn't quite the right thing, but definitely it it, it is showing that in reality, in the actual businesses doing these, these interactions, things aren't quite as bad as it seems. And it could potentially also mean that a lot of the purported Banning. You know, last week we had rumours of copper being banned, um, other things such as, you know, more wine, those sorts of things. That hasn't eventuated as of this time recording of this. So who knows what's happening there, but it seems like it's a bit more of a story that, than the substance that's having this sort of diplomatic impact. Dare I say there could be more announcements of particularly relatable household items you know wine of things that really stand out in households that would sort of alarm the the broader populace that could be announced so let's look out for that but certainly in terms of the actual real dollars getting changed hands things are looking pretty rosy now if you're watching the video version of this podcast you'll see that the russell futures are trading up tremendously almost 7% pre-open this morning and that is in line with a lot of risk on trade today. We've got oil surging, the Australian dollar surging over 73 US cents. What else? The s and is up almost 4% in, in pre-trade. So lots of heavy, heavy risk on trade. We've even seen things such as the Solar industry in China trading up yesterday. So according to Bloomberg, there are the Longi Green Energy Technology Company, the world's largest solar company by market cap, rose 1.2% in Shanghai on Monday. Polysilicon maker GCL Poly Energy added 6.6% in Hong Kong, and then as, as well wind power. So Goldwind Science and Technology climbed 7.3%. So very strong signs there and that's due to you know Biden's election promise that he'll eliminate carbon emissions from the US power sector in the next 15 years. So by 2035. So strong signs there and it's a day full of green or a night full of green in the markets. In addition to the barrage of positive news today, we have news that the leading coronavirus vaccine candidate, the one that's taken the lead anyway, the Pfizer-BioNTech mRNA vaccine, has been found, they've reached their trial, phase three trial threshold of infections. We mentioned a few weeks ago that most of the trials upped their minimum target of, of infected cases to prove efficacy. And they've actually, by the time they agreed on the increased threshold, apparently because of the, the new wave in Europe and the US that they'd already reached that new lifted more high to achieve threshold. So this study has found that 90 percent of infections of tens of thousands apparently there's about 40,000 people in this trial that 90 percent of the infections were prevented which is very high typically you know in the US and most most major countries 50 percent is the threshold for vaccine efficacy they don't go on to sort of elaborate whether it prevents transmission there's obviously varying degrees of efficacy in terms of vaccines they're focusing on which ones cause the sort of severe form each vaccine has a sort of detailed trial plan about what they deem as being effective or not but generally it's if you get the severe form, hospitalisation, does the vaccine stop that? It's not looking at does the vaccine stop you giving it to someone else? Does the vaccine stop you having a slightly sore throat and a bit of a sniffle? They don't really care about that. And it, it is something to look at as vaccines get better and better, but it's not sort of as relevant now. But as a result in pre-market trading, we've got Pfizer rising up about 7% and the partner tech on the ADRs is up 11% pre-market this morning. So once again more positive news for the markets. So they'd reviewed the case data after 94 participants contracted COVID-19. Initially it was going to only be 32. They then as I mentioned upped it to 62, but by the time they'd hit they'd agreed on the 62 figure they'd already hit the 92. This vaccine, they expect to be able to produce 1.3 billion doses through to the end of next year, which with a double dose that's enough to vaccinate over 650 million people, but they don't expect more than 50 million to be ready this year, but it's potentially going to be approved by November. So they need two months of safety follow-up data, which they expect to be in the third week of November, so not far from now and then they'll be able to apply for emergency authorization in the US this month. Now, this vaccine is one of the ones the Australian Federal Government entered agreement in last week for only 10 million doses. So I'm not sure what that means, whether it's 10 million individual shots, which means it can treat 5 million people, or whether it's 20 million shots because they require a double dose. But that could mean that at least the high risk Portion of the population, healthcare workers and the aged could potentially be vaccinated by this vaccine well before the other vaccines are ready. And moving to the market now, about two hours before the US Open, the SP is up about 3.3%. NASDAQ's off a little bit, but the big news is the Russell, the small cap, the businesses that are likely to benefit from renewed stimulus and a vaccine. So, those two narratives running this morning is up over six percent almost seven percent australian dollar you know risk on currency is up over 73 us cents oil is up about seven percent massive risk on today that's your update for tuesday have a great day